This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Lombardi line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond, and Tony with you. We are coming to you from cross country. Michael's out there in Jersey, and I'm here at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Michael, we have a ton to get into as week six of the NFL approaches, injury updates, news, and headlines to break down. But before we get to all of that, how about the yep. Golden Knights banner raising last night? I, I know that you were probably asleep. <laughs> it. It's very late at night, but that was Not one probably. of the no, coolest You could things. scratch probably from the conversation. I definitely. Oh, was. you mean but an eight? Ahead, you continue. mean an eight thirty p.m. Pacific time puck drop didn't keep you awake last night, Michael? But uh... no, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if Springsteen playing racing in the streets at, at eight thirty Pacific time and I'm on the would keep me up. I, I think that would be. I would probably fall asleep then too. Valid. I get up too early. But I do hope that you at least got to see on social media what was one of the coolest banner raisings ever. Uh, the Golden Knights started their Stanley Cup title defense last night with a big win over the Seattle Kraken. But before the game, all of the pageantry and everything you would expect from Vegas, you have Mark Stone coming out, raising the cup, doing the lap around the ice, and then pulls down the handle on a slot machine, Michael, a life-size jumbo <laughs> slot machine, and the banner raises up as three Stanley Cups kind of like slide down on the slot machine. It was the coolest thing and so Vegas and got me really hyped up. I'm not like one of those people that during football season is betting a whole lot of hockey I'll probably just watch Golden Knights games for the next couple months but I like I got gassed up for the season because of that Michael I'm like bet the 13 to 1 on them to win the cup again just do it just do it and why not why not <laughs> why not yeah. Stormy I mean that's awesome I mean look you, you you know if you believe it and why not in hockey I mean look the, the first of all they took their two-week break I mean this is ridiculous right they're back so quick but you know I mean why can't they I mean, these teams like what Boston was the best team record wise last year in the league and what they get eliminated in the second round or they yeah. get eliminated in the first. I think it was the second round, right? They got eliminated. I think they got eliminated in the first round. I have to go back and check in my head, but I'm pretty sure it was like a shocking 
and ending. So I was so focused on Vegas. Clearly, my mind's not in it, Michael. But uh, I know that the Toronto Maple Leafs finally got out of the first round for once in their lives. But that's all they've done in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, but OK, for as excited as I am about the Vegas Golden Knights, Michael, Colts fans probably not as excited right now, seeing that Anthony Richardson was officially placed on injured reserve, uh, going to be at a, out at least four weeks. When I first saw him go down, I thought it was going to be a broken collarbone. Reports have it as a sprained AC joint for that throwing shoulder. Unfortunate, obviously, to see him missing time again already, but Gardner Minshew has certainly stepped in pretty admirably. Yeah, I mean, now it becomes a little bit more of a problem, right? Because now Minshew is the starter. He's not coming in relief. So you have a sense of what they want to do. You're not going to run the same, you're not going to run the RPO game with the same, with, with Minshew, but you're also not going to run you know, the same down-the-field passing. And Minshew's a rhythm thrower, West Coast guy, you know, and he's good in short stints, accurate, you know, and, and the team has confidence. He's got great leadership skills, so the team has confidence in him. I think the dilemma's going to get into what do you do if he gets hurt? They signed Kellen Mon, you know, and they have Ellinger still on the roster, but this is going to be a problematic for them. And I think the bigger issue really is, we got to stop Richardson. We got to keep Richardson healthy. I mean, it's one thing to have this incredible talent. It's another thing to keep him healthy. And I think a lot of that comes back to once he's, you know, he hasn't had a lot of experience, right? So he hasn't played a lot of games. And I think the more you play, the more you understand how to avoid some of the hits that he's had to take. I think that's going to be critical. Well, and so that's kind of the thought process that came to mind for me is that obviously the style of play is what makes him special, but it can also be to his detriment in some instances. So you have to learn a little bit more of that awareness. For you, looking at a rookie quarterback like him, what's the level of concern for a player like him who has all this upside and all this potential, but is already proving to be so injury prone so quickly? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't – he – to me, I think to me he's got to avoid those contacts, yeah. right? I mean, he's got to be able to – the game's got to come quicker to him, and he's got to stop using his body. Now, Josh Allen did, and he didn't get hurt, but this is a younger – this is a young player. I think sometimes – why do they limit kids from playing tackle football at a young age? Because it's it, – they keep prone to injury. You take a young player from college who hasn't had the full four years of development, they're prone to injury. I think a lot of this is going to be development of his body and getting it to where he's had a full off season to prepare for the contact. An important division game coming up on the road at Jacksonville. They're getting four points in that spot, total 45 and a half. After that, Cleveland, New Orleans, and at Carolina. Those will be the four games that he will certainly miss, but we'll keep tabs on his health and status moving forward. Whether or not he ultimately needs surgery is still in question. Also on injured reserve, Michael, we didn't get to talk about this yesterday, but Cardinals running back James Conner with a knee injury. Amari DiMarcado is the backup, undrafted rookie out of TCU because Keontae Ingram has been active the the last two games with a neck injury himself. Uh, we saw DeMarcado come in last game after uh, James Conner was injured, 10 rushes, 45 yards, and a touchdown. How does this change things for Arizona without their best weapon out there on the field? Yeah, it's going to be a hard one, right? I mean, this is a team that can't afford to lose players. They don't have enough good ones. And I think the other thing is, is when you watch them and you break them down, like this week against the Rams, this is a tough matchup. We see this line. It went from six and a half to seven, not because of the Connor news, I think, more because of this is a hard matchup for the Cardinals. This is exactly who the Rams want to play. 
a team that's not any good in their secondary, a team that lets you control the ball. This team has played 44 more plays than their opponent defensively. So they're on the field all the time, and they are pretty good. They're 41% on third down. So they're good on third down conversions, but their defense is on the field too long. This is when Sean McVay is really good. And against this bad secondary, it's going to be a problem. Now, they're going to have to try to run the ball, slow the game down, but this one's tough. Every game that Matthew Stafford has played against the Arizona Cardinals, over 21 and 22, he played one last year and two and 21, he has covered a seven number. He's mm. one by seven and then one by 17 and then 10. So I, I was surprised when the line opened up below seven, but now it's rock solid at seven. That's a great stat right there. Keep that in the back pocket as you're looking at this game this weekend. And for anybody who missed it yesterday, the Rams did go ahead and dump wide receiver Van Jefferson, traded him to the Falcons for late round pick swaps with the emergence of Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell paired with Cooper Cup getting back into the fold. He was kind of the odd man out, but he's in a pretty crowded receiver room there in Atlanta as well. So we'll see how things pan out for him. Also yesterday, we talked about Justin Jefferson going on IR and there was a question about Devon Achan for the Miami Dolphins whether or not he would ultimately he too ended up being put on the injured reserve list will miss the next four games somebody who is injured but is remaining on the field is TJ Watt which I'm sure is surprising nobody based on the toughness and grit of that guy but he suffered a badly dislocated finger in Sunday's mm. win over the Ravens reportedly tore multiple ligaments in that finger, Michael, as well. So is that something that we need to keep an eye on from his standpoint? He stayed in that game and ended up making plays late in the game. So I'm not sure if that's something that should concern us or not. Well, I think, you know, when it's – I don't know what they did with it. I have to go back and watch the tape again to see if they taped it to his next finger. But, you know, when it's dislocated, they put it back in. It's a pain tolerance thing, right? Yeah. And so they'll probably, he won't wear a cast. He'll just wrap it. But, you know, one of the things he does is he pulls and tugs. You need your hands to do that. You know, well, you got to get your hands on people. And if he's got something that keeps his hand from extending, see there he's got a tape that looks like on one of those. So I, I think to me, he'll be, he's so tough. He'll play through it. Look, they need him to. Yep. I mean, they're three and two in the first place. They're in first place in the North. They haven't played a good game yet all year offensively, and yet they've won three games. So crazy to think about. But but yeah, um, I, I agree with you. Plus, they have the bye week this week, so take a little extra precaution, see what they can do with it. Meanwhile, Deontay Johnson, who hasn't played since that week one loss to the San Francisco 49ers, when asked how he's feeling, he said, hell yeah, I'm coming back. I feel 100% right now. So that at least could be a positive for quarterback Kenny Pickett. Uh, the Bills have also played linebacker Bill Milano, uh, Matt Milano and Daquan Jones on injured reserve. The expectation or belief is right now that it's going to be season ending for both of them, although that yeah. hasn't been confirmed. That's just, you know, what the reports that are out there right now. Fortunately, though, this week, Michael, at least, they're playing a Giants team who this week is less talented and even more beat up. Oh, my God. I would. I mean, I think it was I forget which which Twitter person posted the injury report this week, you know, one of the insiders. And I mean, from Darren Waller, who's now on with a groin and a hamstring. I mean, their offensive line, Andrew Thomas, Lemieux, Schmidt, McKellen, they're all hurt. Barkley's still hurt. I, you know, one of the things that happens, and I, and I agree with Barkley on this, so I am not criticizing the player, but when you're on a one-year deal and you get injured, you're not in any rush to come back until you're 100%, and you shouldn't. I'm saying this, you shouldn't. 
because this is the, this is what happens when you don't get a contract with a player. Barkley's got enough tape that people see what he can do on tape. But also, why would I put myself in position to eventually hurt myself? I think he's going to be slower to come back. And, you know, Waller's out there. Daniel Jones is in practicing today. Tyrod Taylor, they haven't activated another quarterback to put on the team yet. So that's going to be interesting if they do that. If they trigger that maneuver, if they bring up a quarterback from their practice squad or if they add some to their practice squad, we'll see. Right now I'm looking at their practice squad. They don't even have a third-string quarterback. So that's kind of ironic that they don't. Most teams carry three in some capacity, but as of right now they don't. Yeah, Daniel Jones not practicing today. Dable said at his press conference this morning, the neck is still pretty sore, calling him day-to-day as of right now. And the last time we heard from Jones, he said it wasn't as serious as the neck injury that held him out in previous times. So we'll just have to keep tabs on that as the week goes. Um, If he does start, we already know the primetime numbers. They ain't good, Michael, for Mr. Daniel no. Jones. Uh, <laughs> you got to keep giving them to me. <laughs> I got to. I got to. Remind me because I was the idiot that bet against those numbers. So, <laughs> I had to tell you. you know, remind me of that. <laughs> I'm here for you. Help me help you. Uh, we got some juicy headlines in the NFL as well. But are they news or simply noise? Michael will help us decipher it all when we return. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check the top VSEN experts leaderboard. There you can view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VSEN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro Picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up now for only $19 for your first month. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. 
Is it news? Corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately. Or just noise. Are you going to act like this is news? Just noise. This is noise. Let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question. News or noise? All right, Michael, let's get to it. Cruising through some of the big yeah. headlines of the day. According to a report from Jeff Howe of The Athletic, Patriots owner Robert Kraft is not opposed to dismissing head coach Bill Belichick if things don't improve and soon. Quote, while there's a school of thought that suggests Belichick's earned the right to go out on his own accord, that the architect of the greatest dynasty in NFL history can coach in New England as long as he chooses. Quote, Kraft doesn't subscribe to it. Kraft has grown frustrated, if not downright angry, over this shortage of success. News or noise? in New England, Michael? You know, I, I would classify it as news because I think, it, you know, this report must come from somewhere, right? You know, it just isn't made up. There's sources close to him, and he hasn't come out and denied it. So certainly that it must come from somewhere, so it qualifies as news. Look, we've seen this before in all sports, right? You know, it doesn't matter how much you won. It's what have you done lately, Andy Reid was 4-12 and 12 his last year in Philadelphia. Do you remember that? Nobody mm. does. Nobody will talk about that. You know, and, and yet, you know, they had their divorce and they went their separate ways, which ultimately happens. I mean, you know, when you work together with someone for such a long time and the expectations are so high, you know, rebuild, repair, all that isn't going to work out. So I do think it's noise. I do think it's news. And I think you have to pay attention to it because it's coming from somewhere. It just doesn't, you know, it's not... Jeff Howe must have a source somewhere or else the athletic that New York Times is not going to allow him to run with that. Yeah, and these struggles have been there for the last handful of years, but more closely magnified this week after being outscored 72-3 to in the last two games. Bill Belichick, by the way, telling reporters that Mac Jones will get the start this week mm -hmm. after getting pulled in the fourth quarter each of the last two weeks with the game out of reach. With Thursday Night Football, Michael, coming up tomorrow, a certain streak has been mentioned on every single program that I have seen that came Kansas City mm -hmm. has won 15 straight yeah. against the Denver Broncos. And it's one of those things where, you know, I don't anticipate and I don't think anybody anticipates the Denver Broncos upsetting the Chiefs regardless of the streak in this spot. Mm -hmm. But that said, is this one of those streaks that's news more like the Ravens and Steelers underdog situation we were talking about last week? Or is it just noise? No, I, I think this is noise. I mean, look, they and these two teams are in opposite directions, right? And so I, I, this isn't a Raven. You know, they always play the game tight between the Ravens and the, and, the, and the Steelers. No, no, no. This is a little different. This has a different feel to it. Both teams, well, let's put it in perspective. Kansas City is in the same team offensively. We know that. They're struggling to get things going. But this Denver team, as you cited in the break, is historically bad. Historically bad. Uh, offensively, uh, defensively. And it might just be the same recipe. I mean, when the Bears came to town, that was the best thing for Kansas City's offense. Oh, they're back. They got it back. What well, was the Bears' defense? Now you got the Denver Broncos coming to town, and I'm sure Mahomes and Kelsey will have their day. But let's remind ourselves, it's the Denver defense. And historically, you can't get any worse than Denver. While on Denver, Sean Payton has made some comments this week about the trade deadline that's approaching at the end of the month, saying we're not looking to do business with any of our players, but that doesn't prevent teams from picking up the phone and calling. These comments come just a few days removed from shipping Randy Gregory to the 49ers and after the reports about Frank Clark could be dealt. Uh, news or noise here with Sean Payton's comments? Well, I think it's news. I mean, he's going to deal. I mean, once he, if he loses to, Denver, to Kansas City, which he will, 
he's going to be sitting there saying, okay, we got no chance to make the playoffs. We're not nearly as good as we are. Let's put, let's see what we have here. And I think the only way in these situations where you gain some momentum is if you can convince the players that, you know, they're playing for next year. You know, that's the challenging thing in New England. If, if Kraft wants to get rid of Belichick and that permeates through the locker room, the players feel like, well, he's not going to be here next year. What do I care? But if you're Sean Payton, you know he's going to be there next year. He just got there. So now you can start your rebuild. You can start letting players go that you know are not going to be there and see if you can build your bank account with some draft assets. Yeah, I wonder who some of those players might be. You remember this offseason, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, a couple names that were in that mix. Oh, yeah. those. Are, if he could get Frank Clark away, he will. I mean, it depends on, you know, if he can get rid of some of the guys yeah. because let's be honest, I mean, they haven't really done well enough to, to, to you know, you might as well liquidate and try to play young guys. The most important thing for any coach in these losing situations is to not stop the player development. You've got to coach the players hard. You've got to develop the young players. The older guys, they're like, I've seen this before. I want out. And you've got to get rid of those guys. I don't know if anybody out there saw this, but Jerry Judy tweeted, these old heads be some lame haters, to which I love the response to Mark Sklareth, who says, does old head mean someone with more playoff starts than you have career starts? So that's what's going on locally in Denver. Um, speaking of teams, though, and coaches that are struggling with teams right now, um, trouble in Panther dice. It's been bad in Carolina uh, and might be getting worse based on some of what we heard from Frank Reich this week in his press conference. People kind of reading between the lines of his comments about ownership being, quote, engaged. And he said, while it's been a good experience, it hasn't been fun. Many believe Reich is talking about the thought process that he and Josh McCown want Wanted C.J. Stroud versus um, ownership and David Tepper preferring Bryce Young. Here's Frank Reich yesterday. There's different philosophies in ownership. You know what I mean? Some owners kind of stay stay away and and don't engage a whole lot. Other owners do. And his philosophy is he's going to engage. And um, and listen, it's only been a short experience, but. It's been a really good experience. Uh, it hasn't been fun. You know, it's not fun. Those, those meetings aren't, I wouldn't characterize them as fun meetings. Um, but those meetings make me better, and I trust they make us better. News or noise, Michael, how do you break down what you have seen and heard from Frank Reich and the situation with David Tepper? I think this is significant noise, a significant news. Because what, what Frank Reich just did is let people behind the curtain of Carolina and having worked for owners, when you do that, what you see today is the Josh McCowan video of him talking to C.J. Stroud. What you see is everybody coming after David Tepper. He opened up the box. He let people in. And the one thing I know about working for owners, they don't go anywhere. Like you're, mm. They're not going anywhere. You're going, but they're not. And it's never going to be their fault because they own the team, which is part of the, the part of the agreement you make when you come in the league. So for me, this is significant. Why have this conversation? Why are you doing this? Clearly, if you're Bryce Young and you hear this conversation, you cannot be happy. This has got to bother you because he's basically saying, I didn't want you, the owner did. But you're my coach. Now, he can walk back. But this was tactical, and he basically volleyed at the owner. 
and now he's going to lose to Miami. He's going into his bye week. And guess who he plays, Stormy, when he comes out of his bye week? Who we got? C.J. Stroud. <laughs> so he just lit a campfire. And I know this from working for a lot of owners. You don't like campfires that point the pin at them. Because now Tepper's going to get a lot of things. They'll call rule up in Nebraska. Was Tepper meddling when you were there? They'll start asking people around the building, does he meant, does he, and now he's on the defensive. And once you put an owner on the defensive, your, your time there is not very long. It, to me, was one of the dumbest things you could do as a coach. And when he said there, well, it's made me better, they're tough meetings. Do you really need to say that? Yeah. And, and do you need to say that? Do you need to put, you know, Hemingway used to say, don't overemphasize anything. Did you need to overemphasize that? I don't think you did. Like you basically lit the campfire, and Frank, and now all eyes are pointed to yeah. to to Tepper. I think Frank's. Got, I mean, unless Frank has a miraculous turnaround, which I can't think he can, because the locker room, which which was winning games last year, is losing games badly this year, and the only change really is him. Well, and that's all I was going to say is among the favorites to be the first head coach fired this year, Frank Reich is in that wheelhouse. And I keep thinking about what you said about Bryce Young, especially because I think we can all agree that there are much bigger and many more problems in Carolina outside of exclusively the quarterback position that like if you're him and you hear that, how are you supposed to be confident and try to lead a team moving forward? Like that's a difficult thing, I think, when all of the noise around you and your head coach is saying these things. We have to take a, a quick time out here, but more news or noise later on in hour two because we still have more headlines to get to for sure. But for now, when we return, we have some win totals that are on the move. The Carolina Panthers are one of them. Are we buying low or selling high? Stay with us on the Lombardi line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Basketball season is ready to tip off, and the VSEN experts have been hard at work tracking the latest player moves to help you bet smarter. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get our all-new NBA betting guide. It features up-to-date previews on all 30 teams, futures and year-long player props, best bets on player awards, live betting strategies, plus thoughts and advice on building your own NBA betting model from senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel. Give yourself an edge this season. Get the VSEN NBA betting guide. You can do so by becoming a VSEN Pro subscriber today at vsin.com slash subscribe. Win totals among the futures, the guide will break down, and NFL win totals we will be looking at here right now on the Lombardi line. Welcome back, Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. And, you know, throughout the course of the season, Michael, we're always looking at some of these updated numbers and how they change. And we've had a number of them that have either increased or decreased just in this past week. So let's start with some of the more notable win totals that have ticked up and whether or not we want to buy in, leave it alone, take the under. Look Look at these perspectives. So let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles, who have gone up from an 11 and a half to 12 and a half wins. The Lions, nine and a half with a two game bump to 11 and a half. Seattle, eight and a half to nine and a half. Chargers, eight and a half to nine and a half. And Texans, five and a half to seven and a half. They have looked significantly better with CJ Stroud under center than many people anticipated. But what's the big one that stands out to you? 
Well, I mean, Detroit, certainly, I didn't anticipate their defense playing to the level that it has. So they jump out to me because I think they're going to easily get to 11 and a half. I mean, this Mm. is a big game in Tampa this week because this is one of those where, okay, you know, we're going outdoors. What's Goff's record outside? You know, what is he? How has he played? It's not going to be cold weather. It's not going to be windy. But, you know, there's always that little bit of an element when when Goff goes outside. And, you know, you see that he's got an 85.2 career rating a quarterback on the outside, his average per attempt is 7.0. It's a little lower than it typically is. So, you know, you always worry about that. But I think their defense is good. Uh, I think their defense is good to get over the hump. I love Stroud. Stroud doesn't throw an interception. This will be an interesting game for Stroud because for all the fun we make about this, our network makes about Dennis Allen as a head coach here, he's really a good defense coordinator. And he creates problems for young quarterbacks with his ability to disguise, his ability to create confusion post and pre-snap. So I think to me, this is going to be a big game for Houston in terms of if they win this one, I think they get to their over total. If they don't, I think they come back to the pack. I think a lot of people think they have a chance to win the South. And based on the way they've played, I don't deny that. I really don't deny that. You know, they've got a chance to get – you know, to get healthier in their offensive line, which has been really important and and can make them a better team. So what D'Amico Ryans has done is impressive. I would say those two jump out at me, Stormy. For, for the Lions, of course, their lone loss to this point has been in overtime to a Seattle team that I think many of us look at and consider pretty highly in the NFC this season. And you look through the rest of the Lions' schedule it's not exactly a murderer's row of opponents either, Michael. So I know this week is important, but as you look ahead, you get the Bears twice on this schedule, the Packers, mm-hmm. Denver, um, at Dallas, of course, in, in primetime could be a tough one later on in the line if they get their stuff together. But, I mean, the way that I look at it, you're, you're just shaking your head wishing I took that preseason nine and a half total over the way that that thing's ticked up, but you think they could still get over that number and get 12-plus wins. Yeah, I, I do, because, I mean, like you mentioned, the schedule isn't as difficult, right? You know, and they've got a chance to win these games, and they're playing a style that you got you really got to get your big boy boots and play them because they're physical. They come after you. That front's really good. I wrote about it on, on, on my column this week, and the way they're able to attack with their front. Their secondary is tough to get to. I think Jack Campbell has helped them. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson has been very good in terms of rushing the passer. So... You know, I, I think there's no question that they can get to that number because I think they're gaining confidence with every win. Every win. I mean, the people thought they might actually stub their toe. They were never – that game was – Carolina never had a chance to cover that 10. And I think if you bet it, you knew it immediately. Mm. That interception Aiden Hutchinson had last week was just – Incredible. I feel like I watched the replay like 20 times, but credit you too, Michael, because I I know when we have talked in the past, like you're not, you weren't the biggest Dan Campbell fan of the rah-rah speeches and the way that he approached things, but it's worked for him and, and you're a fan now. Yeah, I, I think it has worked for him. I mean, I think to me, there's probably more there than meets the eye. I think Ben Johnson's done a good job. I think Aaron Glenn has done a really good job. You know, in terms of how this defense has corrected itself, how they play, the fundamentals, the techniques that they're using, and the way they're playing sound. They're sound. You got to beat them. You got to physically block them, and it's hard to do. And then they play great complementary football. They get the lead with their offense. They're able to stay ahead. Look, they've lost one game this year, you know, and, and that game, they didn't get the ball in overtime. That's just the reality. I yeah. think they're really a good team. So, 
you know, look, they proved it. I, I was in the belief, and I still think this is the correct way in terms of evaluating anyone. Start with the negativity and make the person prove it to you. You know, whereas when you start positively, like a lot of people do, you know, then all you'd look for is the positives. You know, it's like we watch football. You're too busy working. But Saturday when you watch football, when Steve Sarkeesian calls a screen pass that goes for 20 yards, I, I think the guys in the booth are, are just going to go berserk. I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my life. They, Oh, my God, Sark, what a great play. You know, like, can we just temper it down a little bit? <laughs> Oh, I love it. Uh, so good. Okay, so for as much as the good as we're looking at here with the win totals that have increased and the better teams, let's go to the other side of things. We were just having a conversation about the Carolina Panthers. They are on this list as well. Their win total along with the Bears and Broncos down a game from five and a half to now four and a half. The season win totals there. The Browns from ten and a half tick down to nine and a half. The Bengals, Steelers, and Packers from nine and a half to eight and a half, and the Jets from six and a half to five and a half. Um, same question: Which one of these really stands out to you most? Well, I think the Bengals going down to eight and a half because I kind of agree. Will Hill talked about this on the show this summer. He took the Bengals to not make the playoffs, and I think that's a real possibility. I think the Burrow is better last week in Arizona. He threw the ball better. We saw Chase get the ball; made a difference. But the defense isn't the same level, right? The defense isn't the same level. I don't know how you rule out the Steelers. The Packers, they need Aaron Jones back. That's pretty clear. You know, I think the Jets would be lucky to win six games this year. This will be a huge game against uh, against uh, uh, Philadelphia because they don't match up to Philly. Philly can run the ball. And as great as the Jets' defense is, they haven't played great run defense all year. Haven't they never beat uh, I mean, Philly? Like, ever? I mean, this is going to be – I mean, that line went – I, I was shocked the line was at six when it opened. And it went to six and a half. Now it's at seven. Mm. But And here's the thing. I, I don't know if that seven is going to be good enough because the F Eagles do a wonderful job of keeping the ball away from their opponent. Plus, with the offensive line injuries now with the Jets, with Tucker being out and they have to move guys around, blocking that front for Philly is going to be difficult. And this is one of those games where Zach Wilson – if it's windy as we think it will be in the Meadowlands on Sunday, it might not be pretty. Yeah, this is one of those trenches games for me because the Eagles offensive line we know is so good and the Jets offensive line is struggling so much with injuries that I feel like that's where this game is going to be won and that the, the Eagles should be able to handle business pretty easily here. But because you say you don't like the Jets would be pretty lucky to win six games in here, maybe even at that five and a half, you have interest in taking the under. For, for the Bengals, though, just to go back to that really quickly, now that it's gone down to eight and a half, like, do you think that they can get nine? Was it the nine and a half that turned you off? No, I think I think they're going to be in a lot of close games, right? I think they're going to be in a lot of – and their offensive line isn't good enough. And I, and I think, to me, because their defense – look, one thing we know about them, they, they've been able to adjust in the second half. I mean, in both championship games, they were down at halftime big, and they rallied back. Their defense kind of saved them. I don't know if the defense can save them this year. Who of those bottom three teams would you say is more likely to hit the over four and a half that we can buy in on? Carolina, Chicago, or Denver? It'd have to be Chicago, although I have no faith in it. I mean, <laughs> everybody's betting Chicago this week. I mean, you just the money's pouring in on Chicago. Combination of the way they played against Washington and Justin Jefferson's injury. You're on the side of the public on that one if you do and – you know, and I still think their defense, even though they may get some guys back, their defense when they're not healthy, when they were healthy, isn't any good either. Let's not confuse it. Just because you're getting guys back doesn't mean you're better.
what what I want to ask you is about Justin Fields specifically is what we've seen the last two games against Denver and Washington. Like, do you think that's going to continue to build and he's going to continue to impress offensively? Or is this more of an anomaly than what you anticipate we see moving forward? Well, he turned the ball over in the last, you know, he lost the Denver Yeah, I mean, game. there's still been issues, absolutely. Yeah, there's issues. So, I mean, and Washington's defense and Denver's defense might be two of the worst in the league. So, and he's got Minnesota. So we know that. Now, Brian Flores is going to pressure. He pressures more than anybody in the league. be interesting to see how he handles that. I think this is a big game for him. He needs to prove that he can put three in a row of, of games where he's throwing the football. That's the key, right? He is actually throwing the football together. Hotter seat, Frank Reich or Ron Rivera? Well, Rivera's telling people he's not getting fired. So I would say Frank Reich. Rivera thinks he's fine. Well, he also didn't understand no, the math I mean, of the playoffs saying, a year know, ago. He's, so. had, he's had three winning seasons in 12 as a head coach. I've said so it all, all, all year. Belichick's on the hot seat. He's not. Okay. Coaching malpractice, our favorite term here on the program. We'll be right back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare Executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code Vegas when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back to the Lombardi line. Time now to look into a few of the active awards markets out there in college football and the NFL. We got a huge weekend of college football ahead of us. Some marquee top 10, top 25 games, Michael, many of which are going to have an impact on the Heisman race. So let's get to it because we have a new favorite in town for the Heisman this week. Michael Penix Jr. for the first time this season supplanting Caleb Williams is the shortest shot on the board. Plus
plus 210. In fact, all three of those names at the top, Michael, uh, throw Bo Nix into the mix. We're going to see those numbers shift after this weekend. Washington and Oregon are going mm -hmm. head-to-head. USC has to go play at Notre Dame. This is going to be fun. Yeah, that's going to be the one. You know, and, and I guess they're preparing. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but they have – a guy trying to blow water all around on the ball as they're practicing because they're going to get bad weather in Notre Dame too. Uh, I thought Caleb Williams last week when I watched him against Harry, he was like sleepwalking. He really didn't – he made some great plays with his feet, got some things going. But Penix, when I watched him play, I mean, he's lights out. I mean, he's throwing the ball from any spot on the field, making incredible plays. You know, it, it's kind of interesting. If Jaden Daniels was on a better team – defensively, I think he would be up there at two to mm. one, three to one, right? I mean, he's been great. He's been unbelievable. I can't believe Quinn Ewers is, is higher than him in terms of that, and it, partly because of the Texas program. But to me, you know, this is this weekend's going to decide it. I really think so, because if Penix plays well against Oregon and they go on to win the Pac-12, I think he's yeah. going to be the guy that could. Because I don't think they want to vote for the same guy two years in a row. Yeah, and a win like this and still with, with more head-to-heads on the schedule like moving forward, there's going to be ample opportunity for him to kind of have those Heisman moments. But he's the most efficient quarterback and the nation's most efficient offense right now. So definitely a deserved favorite in my opinion. With USC, I think that you need to be on a team that's going to be considered a playoff contender, and I don't see USC as one of those. And you look at the schedule that they still have to come with the defense that has struggled as much as it has, given up 110 games and 110 points in the last three games. They still have to play this one at Notre Dame, Utah, Cal, Washington head-to-head, -head, Oregon head-to-head, -head, and UCLA, who is much improved this year. I just don't see it for USC. Therefore, I don't see it for Caleb Williams. The, the I think that UCLA game is going to be really hard for them because yeah. UCLA is really good on defense, and USC is so bad on 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 defense that SC will. Look, I mean, UCLA will look better. I think that'll be a look. There's no easy when you're this bad on defense. There's no easy games for you because you can never control the game. And the Lincoln-Riley-Mike D'Antonio process that they use in terms of just trying to outscore people, it doesn't work. And they, and they don't have enough physical toughness. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Lou Holtz was giving Ryan Day a lot of crap about his team not being physically tough. You can say the same thing about Lincoln-Riley's team. Oh, absolutely. Uh, no question in my mind. So, for me, like – I know that he's the second shortest shot on the board. I have no interest in backing Caleb Williams for this award for the second time in a row. And again, we know historically doesn't happen. Only one time in history with Archie Griffin. With Bo Nix, uh, your boy Femi is just, he's at a crossroads here as a Washington guy. But with that Bo Nix ticket, so how is he going to hold up? We'll see. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, also we've seen his odds get shorter after the win in the Red River rivalry revenge spot. He's 12-1 to 1 now. Oklahoma's been great, 5-0 and 0 straight up and against the spread. They're covering by double digits in all of those games. He's got more than 1,000 yards of total offense, 20 total touchdowns, just two picks. But if there was a name of one of these double-digit uh, candidates, Michael, I think that if there was someone who had potential still to work their way up the board, I don't hate Drake May. And hear me out, because I know that the numbers... No, I, do. I like it. Okay, so that's good. Like, the numbers are not stellar by comparison to a Michael Penix Jr. at this point. 
But 5-0 and right now. They've got an opportunity against a, a motivated Miami team this week in the top 25. Duke and Clemson still ahead on the schedule. And the stats are improving. He has not thrown a pick each of the last two weeks. In those games, seven total touchdowns, passing and rushing, no picks. He has Tez Walker back to support him. I think that if those numbers continue to improve, he could get himself in the conversation. They could be playing for an ACC title and put themselves in position for a college football playoff spot. A lot of things have to happen. But at 18 to one, if there was a name I would be interested in, it would be him. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I thought you were going to say J.J. McCarthy because I think, you know, we know what P.J. Fleck said about Michigan's football team, that they're the best team he's seen in the last 15 years. And I don't disagree that they're really good. I don't know. I don't know the last 15 years to quantify that statement, but I'll take him for his word. But, you know, if if this team plays and they win these games, these big games with him throwing the football, you know, I mean, he would be a double digit. You know, he would give you a chance to have good numbers. I don't see it happening, but under your theory, I love Drake May. I think Drake May is going to be a great player. Uh, and I think that as they go through, this will be a tough game yeah. for Miami, I believe, because I don't know how good Miami is on defense. Agreed. And oh, gosh, I still can't get over what happened last weekend. And I, I know that Miami's trying to move on, Mario Cristobal is trying to move on, but. For somebody, for somebody like myself who had a long shot Miami to win the ACC ticket, I am big mad, big <laughs> mad that this is how you go down yeah. to Georgia Tech. Neither here It's nor hard there. to move on from that. It's hard to let that out of your it. system. I mean, it lingers with you. I haven't gotten a tuck out of my system, and it's what, how many years ago? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, th- there are these moments that stick with you. But uh, the reason why Mario Cristobal, I think, can move on is because he completely forgot about the first time that he did it. So yeah. neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> That's true. Let's go. Let's go to the NFL, Michael. And MVP from that standpoint, Patrick Mahomes, back to the favorites role here at plus 450, followed by Tua Tungavailoa, plus 475. Brock Purdy continues to creep his way up this board, plus 650. He leapfrogged Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, who sit there at 7-1. to one. I think Josh Allen's a really good play because now that they've lost two defensive players, the burden of, of winning goes on him more than ever because they're not going to be as good defensively. We know this, right? They lose their heart and soul with Matt Milano. They lost their best defensive lineman with Daquan Jones. So you take those two guys out. Somebody's got to pick up the slack. Now, they're going to be guys pick up the slack defensively, but this is where Josh Allen can shine. And I, and I think at, seven, at plus 700, it's too low. I can't see how two is still 475. You know, if you watched him play last week, it was not a pro – it wasn't an MVP-like performance. Gave up a pick six. You know, I mean, he, you know, I mean, they're throwing bubbles, and these receivers are incredible, and plus the runners. And so I, I don't get that one. I think Purdy should have more, way more consideration because, look, it's one thing to, to take it for granted. I, I, it just drives me crazy, all these people. They keep wanting to talk about Purdy's, uh, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. Can we stop the move nonsense? On. I mean, yeah, move Nick on from Wright that. is on, on TV saying he's not any good. What are you watching? Like, the guy's a good player. We can only judge what we see. Like, why we keep continue to knock the guy? You know, I keep saying this all the time. What's the difference between Tua and Brock Purdy? There is no difference. Meanwhile, Tua's up for MVP because he's got a great media following to him. I mean, what is the difference between Tua and Brock Purdy? They're both accurate. They both throw in rhythm. They both have great skill players around them. They both have a great system around them. They both deliver the ball on time. Purdy has a stronger arm. Nobody can deny that. 
I mean, what's the difference? One guy was picked fifth overall. One guy was picked the last draft, but they're playing exactly the same. It's comical why people just won't put it through their head. Yeah, some of those throws over the middle for Brock Purdy have been awesome, but he's hitting guys in stride. He's making plays, threading the needle in a lot of instances. But what, the funniest argument I heard, Michael, is somebody said, and I, I'm kicking myself that I can't remember who it was, but I heard someone say Brock Purdy hasn't gone through any adversity yet because he's winning all these games. Hasn't gone through any adversity yet. He tore up his entire elbow in the NFC Championship game and came back better, came back stronger. Hasn't gone through any adversity. What are we doing? What are we talking about? Well, I mean, like, how about just being the seventh, last the last pick in the draft and going to a 49er team that his has gave up all these assets? His whole story is adversity. That's not, an, that's not <laughs> an adversity? Come on. It's Come his on. whole story. I mean, well, it's like, you know, look, people are just trying to win the argument. They're not trying to present facts. And so every fact that you come up with, it's like, okay, Andy Reid was 4-12 and his last year in Philly. Nobody's discussed that. But Belichick's lost everything that he's ever learned about coaching in the last year. He's lost it all. But Andy Reid was 4-12, and but that's okay. We won't talk about that. Like, come on. There's situations no question. Um, and also, well, Brock Purdy is sitting there at plus 650. Christian McCaffrey's odds have significantly come down as well from 30 to 1 now to 14 to 1, another driver of that offense. So you wonder if there could be a split vote situation in San Francisco. But it's so early in the season, a whole lot of runway as it pertains to both the Heisman and the MVP, all these futures markets. We're going to take a break here, resetting with hour two with some of the big headlines in the National Football League when we return. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi line on VC in the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.